the story of Jonah is an amazing one. Not just because of Jonah being in the belly of the whale or the belly of the large fish for three days, but what takes place after that. God does not revoke the call or the task of Jonah, but gives it to him again. Remember, Jonah had been running away from the call of the Lord. Go preach to Nineveh that they will be destroyed unless they repent. He's tossed overboard by the other sailors because of the, of the storm that has arisen and he confesses that he's been fleeing from the presence of God. They're reluctant to throw him overboard, but he says, no, this is what needs to be done. And out of the depths of the belly of the whale, he calls to God. I remember a number of years ago, um, well, reading a story about a man who had been stuck in the bottom of a boat. Uh, it had been uh, taken that nobody was alive, but they sent down some divers, and they found this man still alive in a compartment, and he, he was just repeating the Psalms and praying to God. When somebody's in a, a place like that, their only hope is God. Everything else has been taken from them. He had been down there, I think, 24 to 48 hours. The, um, but then Jonah, once he is rescued from that situation, is sent again to Nineveh. And here's where the second part, amazing part of the story takes place. That the people actually convert. You know, sometimes we can be pessimists and think, yeah, once somebody gets to a certain stage, there's no hope. You can tell them, maybe you've had the experience, you, a son or daughter, a parent, a spouse, co-worker, you feel like they're never going to listen. And yet, this story reminds us that there is always hope that somebody can convert and even make turn around miraculously. He goes through the streets, he goes only one day preaching and already news gets to the king. A fast is proclaimed. We didn't hear this in the first reading, but not only do the people put on sackcloth, but their animals, they put sackcloth on them and everyone fasts, both man and beast alike. What a profound conversion the people of Nineveh had. They could have seen Jonah as an eccentric, as somebody who has a message that is, dis is unbelievable. And yet there was something in them as wrong and as immoral as their lives were that they had a seed of faith. And God's mercy entered in and they accepted it. Jonah's mad then. He's like, God, you've sent me on this mission to tell them that they're going to be destroyed in 40 days. And then they're converted. And he, he asked God to strike him dead as he's looking on from his place on the city. And how often our own hearts too can become that way. We see the evil or wrong in somebody else or in a situation. And even when those people 
perhaps do show some sign of repentance, maybe not as fully as the people of Nineveh, we still want them punished. We still want them to get what was coming to them. We're not merciful as the Lord is. Like Jonah, we need to be brought to a place where we realize that our only salvation is God, that our only hope is God. So often we have the conveniences, the comforts, the, the advances of technology that may, and of science that make us feel self-sufficient. But there are illusions when it comes to our spiritual life. Paul tells us in the second reading, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. From now on, let those having wives act as not having them. Those weeping as not weeping. Those rejoicing as not rejoicing. Those buying as not owning. Those using the world as not using it fully. In other words, everything we do as Christians, everything we do as Catholics, is supposed to have an eschatological element. In other words, it's supposed to be in light that this world is not our final place, resting place, our final home. We're pilgrims. In early, an early um, document from the, uh, the early church, a letter of Diognetus describes the early Christians as living as citizens in every, every land, every country, but as being pilgrims. In other words, it's a beautiful document to read, especially this one uh, particular chapter, because it talks about really what it means to be a Christian. And that is that we are on the road. We are not yet at the vacation. We are in via. And it is this, this view of the world that will help us to see how we need to be converted more to God because we're so attached to things. And it is this view of the world, of being a pilgrim, of not having arrived yet, that will help us, like the Ninevites, to have that conversion, but also, like uh, Jonah should have had, that right attitude for others. Because if we see ourselves as pilgrims, then we see others as pilgrims too. And that yes, they maybe fall down. They have a breakdown. They're, so to speak, the wheel on their car goes flat. They have engine trouble. But rather than condemning them, we want to help them on their way too. How hard it is to be detached from the things of this world. How hard it is to see that this is not the end-all, be-all, when everything around us tells us it is. And this is why we have, in just a few short weeks, the season of Lent, a season of 40 days when we are reminded, like the people of Nineveh, to do penance, to fast, to pray. So already we should be thinking, we shouldn't wait till Ash Wednesday, what am I going to do this, this Lenten season? What am I going to do to draw nearer 
to God, to be more converted, more detached, more forgiving, more allowing God's mercy to flow to others. There are two things that I would like to recommend. Uh, One is there are going to be um, a men's conference and a women's conference put on by the, the Diocese of Arlington. If you've never been on one of these day conferences, I encourage you to consider going on this. We have posters up at the the exit, and I think in the the back here, talking about it. Last year I was able to go on that and help with confessions. It was a a beautiful thing to see a whole church full of people on retreat. In my case, I went on the men's one, and it was a whole church full of men praying. The bishop comes, he celebrates the mass, he'll speak. There's a wonderful priest coming to talk. He's got um, a number of um, talks online. You can check it out. Father Mike Schmitz, uh, Billy Atwell, who works for the diocese, has his own incredible story, will be there as well. The women's one, I'm not as familiar with the, uh, the speakers there, but these are opportunities to grow in our relationship with God. Finally, the second thing is, not only what can I do personally, but for you who are families, to talk together, what can we do as a family this coming month? If we fail to plan, we'll often fail to execute or do anything as well. Now is really the time to be preparing already for